author J.H. Fleming. And I'm a little hungover. <laughs> but that's okay, because we are coming to you live. Or live for us, not so much yeah. for you. We are recording from our hotel room in Kansas City, Missouri. We are here for the World Fantasy Convention. Mm-hmm. And so for this week's episode, uh, we thought we'd do something a little different in that um, since we're here and we don't really have a good spot to record a whole normal episode, we thought it would be fun to do a short daily recap of the convention and then we'll see if we can't sneak in a few little guest interviews while we're here with some of our friends and things. So we, oh, and other fun fact is that even though we are three hours from home, (laughs) I don't know if the microphone picked it up. But we have a train right <laughs> underneath the hotel, oh, so we, we are not free of trains. And this one is a lot busier than the one at home, so I don't know if the mic's getting it or not, but a train is going by right now under our window. So um, I don't think you're going to get a train ad, though. Maybe. It depends on how sporting we feel when we're editing this after being very tired from the convention on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so we drove up yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. got checked in. The hotel is really cool. We're kind of at the, like, I guess, southern end of downtown Kansas City. We have a really cool view from our window. Um, The hotel has a cool little gift shop with giant floaty dragons. And unicorns. And unicorns in case you need a floaty. They also had a lot of bathing suits. They did. Which seemed weird for... It's nearing the end of October now, so... Spooky. They're for Halloween costumes. It's I mean, spooky. so they do on their website says they have an outdoor heated pool. I haven't found it yet, oh. but they do have that. So it, maybe for that, it doesn't matter that it's October. Yeah. Still get a bathing suit and go swimming. We after we got checked in, we went and explored the hotel for a mm-hmm. while, and it's kind of a weird layout. So I don't think we actually found everything we were looking for. Yeah. Well, we found the coffee place, which was. The one I was most concerned with. And that's where we're headed to as soon as we yeah. finish this. <laughs> um, we did go, so we did find a uh, previous podcast guest, Gerald Brandt. We met him at the Spectators Bar and Restaurant last night and uh, ended up hanging out with him and several other author peoples. Actually, I'm not sure what all of them were. I did. I, we only knew... Um, Susan's an author. Susan Forrest. That. Uh, and Michelle that we met, and she was. Yeah, I don't know her last name, though. I don't think they gave their last yeah, names. Nobody gave their last names. I, so they were all strangers to us, all people, industry people. I'm sure we'll figure it out as the days continue. Mm-hmm. And then and then what? Then uh, Gerald dragged us along with him to go to a whiskey tasting yeah. in a room, a private whiskey tasting party last night. And I tasted... I tasted a lot of whiskey. Yes, he did. And all sorts of varieties. That last one, when I had the last one, it was like, I think like when you're drinking whiskey, there comes a point where it's like you have this like one sip and that sip tells you like, listen, buddy, you're either all in for the long haul or it's time to stop. And since it was the first night of the convention, I was like, I hear you loud and clear stomach and brain. And we're going to go ahead and stop right here. So Fortunately, I'm not in too rough of shape, but I did try all kinds of cool whiskeys, and I couldn't tell you what any of them are. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much it so far. 
Yeah, yesterday was just kind of people arriving, like nothing official has started yet. I mean, I guess at this point it has, but we're in Thursday morning. Technically, no. Technically, so um, when we finish here, we're going to get coffee, and then I have a panel that is the worst writing advice, and my panel kicks off the convention. Okay. Yeah, my panel is the first one. I must be thinking, so it might be tomorrow, they had some sort of morning, like, official Tai Chi thing that's on the panel, but I don't think that starts today. I think that's a tomorrow thing. Yeah, I didn't see that first. But that one was, like, 9 a.m., so. Yeah, I think registration's about to open, if it hasn't Mm -hmm. already, and then, yeah, literally the panel we're going to, um, I'm I'm moderating, I think I'm the M, I'm moderating um, worst advice for writers, so all the worst advice we've gotten over the years, and that should be, that should be fun. I've got some colorful ones. Yeah. Yeah, everything I say on the podcast. I'm just going to rehash everything we've done on the podcast for the last several months. Right. Just kidding. We give good advice. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I guess. That's the problem. We, you'll know downstream. <laughs> well, it helps when, like, other people in the industry are giving the same advice. Like, okay, regardless of what you think of us, those people are giving the exact same advice we're giving. So that for something yeah you actually gave me one last night when we were chatting about magic systems i was like oh yeah i'm taking that i'm going to tell the story about the lady who the lady who was adamant that magic systems had to have strong consequences Mm -hmm. and i rules rules and i politely dis. oh she was consequences if Uh. any story if there's magic it has to have extreme consequences and i politely disagreed and suggested Mm -hmm. that you know in the world of um my blade mage they just get tired from using too much magic. And she informed me that my books probably aren't very good. <laughs> um, I suggest people don't like them. Yeah. If, if you are of the mindset that um, magic has to have rules or strong consequences, may I direct you to the realm of fairy tales and the works of Patricia McKillop, who are, um, she has some of my favorite examples with books where, Sometimes stuff just happens and no one really knows why and it works and it's wonderful and you should all read them. And if you doubt that, there's a little known author. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him before. um, Esteban King. He has sold a handful of books throughout the world and he tends to use a lot of magic in those books and almost never sets any kind of hard rules around them. Weird. Yep. All right. But that's a rant for another time. I think it's time for us to go to the coffee shop. I think so. All right. We'll be back later with another recap. Or you might hear an interview next. I don't know. This is totally random and wild. Bye. (laughs) All right. I am sitting in the Dragon Den at World Fantasy with Billiam Chamberlain. Maybe we'll use your right name and not the one I've been calling you all weekend. It's William Chamberlain, as in Wilt Chamberlain. Not the basketball star, the up-and-coming fantasy author. Yes, not like the the basketball star. So this is William's first big convention, um, which I told him he set the bar a little too high because now all other conventions will probably disappoint him. You are also not the only person who has told me that, so So slightly disconcerting. What do you think of your first world fantasy? Uh, It's fantastic. I, I walked in, you know, hands were shaking. I was so nervous, but um, no, everyone has been fantastic. Um, you know, I, went, I got to uh, Andrea Stewart and Marina um, 
both uh, took me out to lunch. Oh, very that nice. was fantastic. You know, slightly, also slightly intimidating because I'm a big fan. Um, but uh, they they gave me the rundown, and you know, everyone has been like that. Everyone's just been ridiculously um, uh, accommodating. And, yeah, you yeah, know, really nice. Yeah, I think that's what I love about World Fantasy is it's got a very strong community vibe. Uh, yeah. More so than most of the other conventions I've been to, frankly. I mean, there's some really good ones that we go to that we, we love. But when we went last year to New Orleans for this, we absolutely fell in love with it. And I don't see us ever missing one um, unless, you know, we end up broken or and panhandling. <laughs> then maybe we might miss some. But even then, it's still a tax write-off, so we probably go. Um, oh, sure. What's, what's been your favorite thing so far? Uh, my favorite thing? So it's definitely been getting to interact with everybody and yeah. learn yeah because uh of course when you're like writing fantasy or wanting to get into seriously getting published and things like that they they always say hey you got to be so familiar with the industry you got to know what everyone's doing you got to uh, know what agents are out there know what people are writing and that's just sitting at home in your uh little office and just going through that like on the internet is like nails on a chalkboard it's terrible yeah 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 it's really it is really hard and that's like one of the things um we love about going to conventions is it kind of revitalizes you and it kind of i mean you know even though like jh and i you know we have each other but it's still all you know it feels like a very uh it's a job done in solitude almost right and then you come to something like this and it's like oh now i'm surrounded by people who get it you know Yes, and that's been exactly the um, my experience is that, you know, obviously I was going to keep writing um, regardless, um, but coming here, it's just, it's made me so excited <laughs> knowing all the people that I would be dealing with on a, reg- on a semi-regular basis, um, you know, if I had, you know, a little bit of success and was able to keep doing these things. Mm-hmm. It just made me so excited. So now I'm kind of like itching, you know, I was like, I don't want to leave, but I'm also itching to get back home so I can really... You know, like get into <laughs> it. Knuckle down and do some work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, remind me, you told me last night, but the podcast listeners won't have heard, so I'm going to pretend like you've never told me. So uh, tell me about what you've written and what you're doing with it. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I've actually, like, adjusted my my pitch to be completely different. So this is this will be new. Um, I'm writing uh, just a... It's an adult uh, fantasy. Okay. Um, the quick pitch is essentially a king who is terrified of a, a teenage girl for reasons unknown uh, slowly descending into madness and uh, bringing his whole country down with him. Fair enough. Fair enough. So is that the one you've already finished or is that the one you're working on? That's the one I've already finished. Okay. And that's um, the one you're querying out now? That's, yeah, that's okay. correct. Um, I got a lot of advice on my query letter. Um, you know, or just advice in general as far as queries go so i'm gonna adjust that um send it out to um anyone who is willing to give me some advice on it and then uh get back into querying yeah yeah very nice very nice and that is that the one that you uh accidentally deleted twice that is the one that i accidentally (laughs) deleted twice it's um terrible story embarrassing as a software engineer um We, but, we bear our souls on the podcast. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I uh, had been working on the, I had the first line of the novel sitting in just an empty Word document for probably two years before I actually started writing anything. Mm-hmm. And then I came to it, and I started, and I started writing, 
Um, and I was doing really well with it. I mean, like, about as fast as you could expect for someone doing their very first, like, full-length novel. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it took me about two years. And I got to uh, two chapters from the end. The big battle was ju- was winding down, and it was, you know, pretty much done. And I wait, and I put it away, ready to, you know, hit it tomorrow. And I get up and pop in my USB drive into the computer, and oop, your file's corrupted. <laughs> and that was rough. I uh, probably didn't touch it for another six months after that. Um, yeah, that's brutal. And then I, so then I came back to it after my wife told me you would regret this forever uh, if you don't. She's wise. Yes. You, you must have, you must have married correctly. I did. I did. Much wiser than I am. Um, but yeah, so I sat down and I went at it and got about a quarter of the way through it again, and then poof, poof, gone again because I don't learn from my mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But at that point, I was just going to finish it out of spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I started backing up my things like a smart person would do. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then I finished it in probably about six months, the, yep. the newest version. And as heartbreaking as it was to lose the original version, I still have it sitting in a lonely f- uh, folder on my, on my desktop, you know, just so I can look at it and be sad sometimes. <laughs> um, but... The novel is so much better for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think uh, you know we were talking about that last night, and I, you know, I, I'm a I'm a believer in the you have to write a million words of, of garbage before you start writing something good, and I think we all we all always think we're the exception to that, and then we once we've gotten that million words and we've kind of found our voice, we realize like oh no, that was true, you know. So um, I I have a feeling that the third iteration effectively of your new novel is probably three times better at least than or probably three thousand times better than than the first oh so. yeah um i recently found um an old version of my first my very first draft that i had emailed to myself uh that had probably about a quarter of the book yeah um so i went and i was looking through it and i'm like wow that was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, when people say, it's like, oh, is this your first novel and you're querying it, they kind of be all like, oh, well, you poor, poor child. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I, I always like, you know, oh, there's an asterisk on it. You know, I've, re- I've, I've had to rewrite it tw- uh, three times now. Um, so technically speaking. <laughs> so here's my one question for you, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, do you remember the convention rules I gave you last night? Okay, uh, convention. Well, so you kind of flopped between the two, a couple different. You had like two yeah, different yeah. rules. I couldn't ones. remember all of them. Yeah, and it was actually I think probably three. But do you remember the general gist? Uh, the general theme. The general. Okay, general theme was a don't be uh, an asshole. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. That was rule number one. Well, that was one of your rule number ones. Yeah, we kept going uh, back. I'm gonna be honest. We kept going back to rule number one. Um, yeah. But um, that rule, one probably is the most important. Yes. Um, <laughs> rule number two, which seems to be just an extension of rule one, is, you know, don't criticize, complain. There is a third C that I can't remember. Condemn. Never condemn. criticize, condemn, or, or criticize, complain, or condemn. Yeah, that's the one. And that yeah. was uh, that was pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> then I feel like I passed some knowledge on. <laughs> you probably already had. Hey, uh, no, that, it, it always helps. All right, well, it's been fun, and uh, we'll see about it at some point. Oh, I've just stopped learning how to talk. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm over here choking to death. Um, yeah, we'll get you on a full one at some point, and good luck with uh, 
querying your story, and I hope it lands in that you're a super famous big bestseller, and I'll be like, yeah, I know Billiam. I knew him from back in the day. <laughs> he bought me a beer at World Fantasy one time. Oh, yeah, that story, <laughs> that, that'll be the highlight of your life right there, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully, actually, you know, we would both be ginormous names and be, you know, the cool older writers giving everybody well, advice I don't know, someday, that seems right? like a long shot. Yeah, <laughs> it also seems like a lot of work. <laughs> no, of course, of course, that's where we're going to be. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for uh, doing this. Of course. All right, now I am sitting here with our very first guest ever, Tracy S. Morris, who just finished a panel. What was your panel about? Uh, Shared worlds. Where have all the shared worlds gone? Oh, that's fun. How did that go? It went really well. Yeah. Um, We talked to a couple different people about what's involved with shared worlds, contracts, how you organize them, and why we don't see more of them. Oh, fun, fun. What else have you done this weekend? Um, I got to talk to a lot of people I haven't seen since the pandemic. I got to see author and artist Allison Stein. I got to see yeah. he, uh, award-winning author uh, Bill Ledbetter. Yep. Love Bill. Got to see this guy named Philip Duncan. He's pretty cool, too, I hear. Yeah. And I got to hear <laughs> a fabulous reading of J.H. Fleming's new book. And I managed to pirate the last copy from her. You did. That was so good. That was so good. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go put this on the freebie table. And I said, and no, no, you're, you're not. not. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's got a very fairy tale feel to it. And I think that's going to be my October comfort read in the last few days of October that I have. <laughs> I dig it. It's cold enough that you need a comfort read. Yeah, um, something with a blanket and a, a caramel uh, apple cider. There you go. There you go. Are you uh, excited to get home and uh, have your, your kid in the Mandalorian costume you made him? Oh, I am excited to finish the costume and take lots of pictures and post them online. And he's excited to wear it. It's... Um, like, she made the coolest costume for her kid. I asked her to adopt me, but she was like, no. Um, so <laughs> I don't get a cool Mandalorian costume, but well, her actual kid you're does. my unofficial brother, and I don't make <laughs> costumes for my brothers. I make them for my children. <laughs> That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Um, so what's been the highlight for you here? Oh, the highlight. Getting to see Esther Friesner again. Getting to see, um, just getting to see people I haven't yeah. seen in so long. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, World Fantasy really does have the best, like, for... I don't really care, like, if anybody listening is... I don't care if you're a romance author. It's probably worth coming to World Fantasy just for the author community vibe mm-hmm. that's here. And everybody, everybody for the most part, is really wonderful. And um, it's not weird to just walk up and start talking to someone for the most part. So Yeah, yeah, it's um, been a super lot of fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, like, just, like, where they made a cool thing at this one. So where we're sitting at at the hotel is there's, like, a big open area kind of in the middle of the hotel. And they kind of, like, cordoned off this area for us that they call the Dragon Den because the theme for this world fantasy was uh, dragons. And so they made this cool area, and we're just sitting in here, and there's actually, like, you can probably hear the background noise, but there's probably, like, another, what, 50 or so people sitting in here. Um, and it's just, like, a big area where you can just come sit down and get a table, and then friends and strangers will just come up and sit with you. It's cool. So we're in the downtown Sheraton in Kansas City, and if you're familiar with it at all, they've got a revolving restaurant up on the roof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, they've got a floating catwalk, 
and um, there have been a couple of different conventions here. I think they held, when they held Worldcon in Kansas City, I think they held at this hotel. Um, Either this one or the Westin. Well, it was at the big convention center, and yeah. it felt like it swallowed all the hotels, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been used, a few years. They used to hold, uh, if they had a convention in Kansas City, it was either here or in the Westin for a long time. I think we actually got a free breakfast in the um, restaurant at the top mm -hmm. because we were supposed to be, technically I'm supposed to be on the way home right now, but it sounded like the weather was going to be bad, so we decided to stay. And um, for whatever reason, you would think it'd be really easy for the hotel to be like, oh, you want to give us more money? No problem. Um, but it got really complicated, and then they were nice enough to give us a free breakfast and access to the lounge up there and stuff. Well, if you get to go up to the revolving restaurant, it's really cool. Um, I, was up there, I was up there for a, a professional dinner a few years ago, and you just sit, and the whole room slowly revolves. And that's so, cool. I'm hoping that's where our free breakfast is that they gave us. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. It was some duck-themed restaurant back then. I don't even know if they're in business anymore. Oh, I don't know. I want to, I've been meaning to go up there and crash it anyways just to see it, so that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Tracy, do you have anything coming out soon? Um, so the, uh, the story that I was telling you about before, um, the, mm -hmm. the reporter trying to stop the ferry invasion, mm -hmm. Uh, I was originally going to self-publish that, and then AI kind of blew up and flooded the market, and I thought, my husband, anyways, has been um, really supportive and trying to encourage me to send it out to agents and editors, so I think I'm going to try to place it with an agent or yeah, it's a, good idea. a bigger house. I yeah. think he said he thinks it's got a lot of commercial appeal, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. Shop it around for a while, and if not, then you can still yeah. go back to your original plan, right? And Yeah, exactly. And in the meantime, I'm working on a new novel right now. It's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas meets Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I dig that. Yeah. That's fun. And so we're working on that next. And then beyond that, I'm going to write a novel in which a librarian gets recruited by a dragon to curate his library. Oh, nice. That's fun. Yeah. So, right. And he did in in the process of deciding he wants all the books. He decides he needs to become emperor so he can have all the books. And so she has to teach them to people so that he can pass as a as a person. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Well, this has been Tracy, our first guest ever, back again, and um, we'll do you a whole we'll get you in a whole a whole another episode soon. Oh, I would like and that. We need to That'd do that. Awesome. Yeah, so. and hopefully I'll have something to to some big news, but. I don't know yet. That's all right. In the meantime, folks, go buy Tracy's old books. Mm -hmm. And if you buy enough of them, maybe she'll make me a Mandalorian costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TracySMorris.com. You can find links to all my books there. Thanks, Tracy. Absolutely. All right. So the plan was that we were going to do a recap each day of World Fantasy. But that did not happen. For reasons. <laughs> Those reasons being that we were really busy and most mornings I was a little hungover and sleep deprived because JH tried to keep me up late yeah. every night. Don't you blame me for that. You kept me up till like 1 a.m. every night or later. <laughs> that we is were, not my choice. <laughs> we were basically <laughs> running from about 8 a.m. till about 1 a.m every day we might have overdone it a little we were very tired and um mm -hmm. so what's gonna happen instead and 
based on how we edit this, you might have already heard a few of them. Um, you might be wondering what the heck that is that just appeared in the middle of the podcast. Um, and that would be, uh, we, we did get some mini interviews done with a bunch of really cool people. So we're going to just sprinkle those throughout. Mm -hmm. And to the best of our memory, we're going to give a recap of each day. So yeah. I guess we start with Thursday, which was officially the first official opening day, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, because we already talked about um, Wednesday. It's yeah. tough because it's actually been several days now. We actually did the, the recap, I want to say <laughs> Thursday morning, about arriving Wednesday. Yeah. I think that's all we managed. That was all we we were not good. But luckily, and also my like the plan was I was like going to haul the mic around with me a little bit and try to get some of those mini interviews mm -hmm. done. And then I realized like Sunday morning I had done none. So all of these interviews that you're hearing in between day segments are, they were all recorded in like a two hour period where um, I literally get, sat down in the middle of the dragon's den, which we'll, we'll talk about. And there was like a big group of our friends and, and different authors and stuff uh, hanging out at this one table. And so it's just like, we grab somebody real quick, do the interview and then be like, send over the next victim. And uh, <laughs> they kept lining up and wanting to do it. So we were having fun with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, yeah. So Thursday we woke up and we were in the first official day of the World Fantasy Convention. Um, I don't think anything super, excited ha happen super exciting happened right that morning. I think we went down for, we ate breakfast and um, we went down for coffee and found uh, our friend William Ledbetter. I think that was the first time we found him at the coffee shop. It seems like we found him at the coffee shop quite often. Yes. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> um, so I'm mostly poking fun at myself because I have to have morning coffee. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Mm -mm. I had the, I have the morning coffees as well. I mean, Mine's yeah. cheaper. Mine's cheaper than yours, but um, only when we're going out. Like I, I still drink coffee at home and make it myself. I mean, I guess technically there I, I buy creamer, but um, yeah. What I was going to say was um, so I mentioned morning coffee some of the time. I added that because I tried to switch to where I only allow myself coffee when I'm writing. Otherwise I will drink way too much of it. And again, it's the creamer. Those calories add up really fast. So, um, yeah, so I try to do it just when I'm writing, but lately that my writing time has been in the morning. So it's still been a morning coffee thing for the most part. Yeah. Well, so anyways, um, we got JH, her morning coffee, and me, mine, and uh, <laughs> then I guess the first thing Thursday really was uh, the one panel I had for the weekend was like the opening panel of the convention. Um, yes, it was. And then, uh, and it was uh, worst writing advice, and I was moderating that mm -hmm. in main programming. And I had two panelists besides myself. Um, I had Usman T. Malik and, uh, oh, geez, I always get his last names reversed. Adam Troy Castro. Thank you. Um, and they were phenomenal. Like, they were such good panelists. It was maybe the easiest moderating job I've ever had. 
Like I launched us off and then we just each very politely took turns and occasionally responded to each other's points and things. And, um, mm. yeah, it felt like it went really, really well. I was really happy with it. And, um, I actually got quite a few compliments over the weekend where people would, would stop me. Um, mm-hmm. there's actually one I, JH, I don't even think I remember to tell you this. It was really funny there was a point where I was talking to somebody and, uh, it was when I abandoned you during the mass autograph signing. And, um, I was talking to somebody and they mentioned the panel and I was like, they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a great panel. And I was like, Oh, thanks. Or whatever. And I don't think they under, I don't think they heard me. Cause they were like, yeah, that was, it was really good. Did you catch it? And mm-hmm. I was like, um, yeah, yeah. I, I caught that panel. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, it was really good. Wasn't it? Those guys were amazing. And I was like, yeah, thanks again. And he was like, kind of stared at me for a moment. And he was like, oh, oh, you were on that panel. You were the moderator, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Either I was there for it or you told me about it afterward. So I do remember that. Wow. It was the author who shared a name with my for- former boss. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, so you would have told me about it right afterward, because you went and talked to him by yourself. Yeah, yeah. All right, so anyways, we did that panel. It was super fun. I think it went really well. We had a decent-sized crowd. I think there were probably 40 or 50 people in there or something, so um, that was fun. Yeah. Um, Thursday was also the day we got to see most of our friends, because I think you know we would have alluded to for the Wednesday recap that we saw a few of them, but um, the majority, you know, were rolling in Thursday. So um, I think that was the first time we saw like Shane Eason. Um, I already mentioned Bill. And why are you chortling at me? Oh, I know why you're chortling at me. No reason. No reason. <laughs> no reason. Um, inside joke. We can't share. Maybe someday, maybe someday. Um, <laughs> damn you, Shane, Shane Eason. <laughs> um, yeah, so Thursday was the day we started. We really got to see a lot of people. Um, we did early on because I think just after my panel, there wasn't a whole lot going on, not too many people around and stuff. They hadn't opened the Dragon's Den yet. So um, the hotel we were in, the Sheraton, um, it has a Skylink that goes like into Crown Center. Um, so effectively, like a couple of different hotels are all connected by the Skylink and it leads into the Crown Center shopping mall. Um, so we went over and checked that out, which was pretty cool. Um, we went into this really neat toy store. It was like kind of eclectic mm-hmm. kind of toys. And there were these like weird uh, little critter action figure toy things and <laughs> jh lost her mind over them like she was freaking okay, out so... for like 20 minutes <laughs> in the toy store i have to say so the reason was because those were exactly the sort of things like i would have loved to play with as a kid they're the little animal people and like they had little houses and tree houses and little cars and stuff and yeah i would have loved to play with those as a kid mind Lost her mind. <laughs> we would end up going back the next date so that she could buy some of them for herself. Yeah, I I've just bought like a little package of two, and not because I'm going to play with them, though whatever. But 
so the reason they, they excite me is because like I see those and my mind immediately wants to write stories about them, about like, <laughs> you know, these little animal people in like a little woodland village or something. So I bought them so I could put them on my writing desk and remind me that I want to write <laughs> animal stories, I guess. If you get a new animal story story from me in the future, that's probably the catalyst. Yeah, and then we did we we left there and we found the uh, pin store. There's actually a pin store in the shopping mall, which which is funny. Aside on that, is JH thought I meant like pin, like you pin to your shirts. And I was like, why would I care? No, why would I be excited about that? That's not. It's no, like that wasn't pins. me. That wasn't you. That wasn't me. No, was that it? was Becca. Oh, that was Becca? Oh. Yeah. Mm. Becca and Shane, you had to clarify for them. Oh, I see. About or, what I guess, sort of pen. Then I was making fun of Becca just then. Sorry, Becca. I hope you don't listen to this. <laughs> or do. It's fine. It's fine. I thought that was you. Weird. But nope. anyways, they, at Crown Center, they have a little store that just sells, like, fountain pens and things. It was really cool. Um, there's some really neat stuff in there. Hmm. So we geeked out on that for a little bit uh, and then made our way back over to the convention. Things were kind of starting to fire up and everything and more people were showing up and, you know, more friends and more people to meet and all and all that kind of stuff. Um, that evening, we skipped opening ceremonies because our friend author Susan Forrest was having a launch party for her new book so we went up to the hotel room um for that and quite a few people jammed in there um there was mm -hmm. uh gerald brant who's been on the podcast before shane and becca uh were there we just mentioned them din valdron um or valden i don't know how to say his last name right um william ledbetter was in there as well uh that's where we got to meet sherry peters for the first time who's super lovely um, Walter John Williams is in there. I don't know if he remembered me or not, but I said hello to him and he said hi back, but I'm not sure he remembered. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. JH got to meet Lucy and Diver, um, which is cool. I'm trying to remember who else was in there. Um, I don't know, but it was funny because they had drinks, uh, they'd set out and they're like, help yourself to a drink. But, uh, the, <laughs> the beers, uh, were not screw tops. They were pop caps, pop tops, and they didn't have a bottle opener. So like one person ran up to the room to see if they had one. They did not. Um, I guess that's where we met Matthew as well, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. I think he was in there with us. Anyway, um, so like they didn't have a pop top. Somebody, somebody went and, uh, or they didn't have a bottle opener. Somebody went and found some kind of device they thought would have a bottle opener, but it did not. It was like a cork thing and something else. And uh, so like that drama was happening and some of our writer friends, I won't sell out who were trying to come up with creative ways to get the beers open and failing pretty epically. Um, <laughs> but then the other thing was uh, Susan had a, they'd made a, a trailer for her new book. And so she brought like a projector to shoot it up on the wall and they like hung a sheet and stuff so they could show her, her trailer and we couldn't get the projector to work. So finally, um, like we tried everything, but we just couldn't get mm -hmm. it to play. So finally I was like, well, I can go grab my MacBook and 
and maybe we'll see if it's a machine problem or something, you know? And the way that hotel set up is, so we were on the 38th floor and, um, rooms like 28 through 40, you had to take one set of elevators and then, um, rooms one to 27 or whatever. You floors. Had, what did I say? Floors 28 through 40, not rooms. Oh, floors 28 through 40, you had to take one elevator. Yeah. And then um, floors one through 27 or whatever, you had to take a different elevator. And so yeah. JH and I were staying on the 38th floor, but Susan's launch party was on the ninth floor. So when I left, I had to take an elevator all the way down so I could change elevators and get a different one to go all the way up. <laughs> and then I ran into the room and I grabbed my MacBook and I was like, you know what? Back in the day, I had a bottle opener on my keychain. Surely it's not still on there. That was like from years ago. And I'll be darned, my bottle opener was still on my keychain. So I grabbed it and uh, then I went back down the elevator and then back up the elevator. And uh, we still couldn't get the projector to work, but uh, we just ended up playing her trailer on my on my MacBook. And then uh, I passed, I, we came in and I tossed the, the bottle opener to Shane. I'm like, here, you're responsible for this. <laughs> so that was fun. What did we do after that? I guess we went to the Dragon's Den? I think so. Yeah, so um, I guess I don't, like the mascot for this World Fantasy Convention was dragons. And so um, because there were a lot of a lot of us there, a lot of authory people, and since authory people like to indulge in adult beverages sometimes, um, we wouldn't all fit in the bar. So they they like roped off an area and they called it the dragon's den and they had like blow up dragons outside of it or whatever. And they just set up a bunch of tables in there. And then the hotel like rolled two um, bars over there. And so they had people serving us alcohol in this, this area we called the dragon's den each night. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I guess um, as previously mentioned, JH made me stay up too late, and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much Thursday, isn't it? I think so. All right. Well, sounds right. Then we'll stop the Thursday segment here. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's <laughs> fine, Sherry. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll cut out your curse words. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Make it a little harder for you. <laughs> You're gonna make it plenty hard. I'm gonna have to actually edit that now, so I don't have to click explicit. You know, what? this might be the one episode I just click explicit, so I don't have to do the work. <laughs> All right, uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Sherry Peters. Um, I am from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and I am a fantasy writer of cozy fantasy. Yeah, we just met Sherry for the first time this weekend, and she's been an absolute delight. I think that's the first time I met you, yes, right? Yes, I okay, think so, good. yeah. I just, as I was saying it, I was like, yeah. oh, wait, am I putting my foot in my mouth yeah, right no, now? Yeah, no, it's been like seven years since I've been at a World Fantasy. Oh, so. wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you're uh, Winnipeg, right? Yes. Yeah, so you're flying home to snow. I'm driving home. Driving home. Driving home. You're driving all the way. Through ice and snow, yes. Oh, fun for you. Yeah. Ooh. But, you know... We're Canadian. We're supposed to be used to this. I say with a cringy face. Because, <laughs> ugh. But, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's how it is this season, so. 
All right, so how have you enjoyed the convention since you haven't been in a long time to one of these? This is one of the best ones I've been at. Yeah? Yeah, I have to say it's been phenomenal. Uh, the connections I made personally and professionally, the layout of the convention, the panels, everything has just been top-notch. Yeah, it's been really... It's, yeah. It's been pretty magic. It's been a pretty magical weekend, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get to meet really cool people like yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like fun. you and, and Jessica and... Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Um, so tell me a little bit um, about your books. So my books are... It's the Ballad of Mabel Golden Axe trilogy. Okay. And it's about Mabel Golden Axe. Um, the first book is Mabel the Lovelorn Dwarf. Um, Mabel the Mafioso Dwarf is book two, and Mabel the Notorious Dwarf is book three. Um, essentially, I play with the idea of what is it if there's only a third of the dwarven population is female, what is life like for them? Okay. And um, they have the beards. Why do they have the beards? It is good for mining because it's like a face mask to protect from the dust, but it's also useful for finding love because you can braid it. So if you have two braids, it means that you are looking for a mate. If you have one braid, it means you are dating someone. If you have the golden ring, that's like you're married to somebody. Oh, what a cool idea. So, you know, that's what you know. And she is um, has a very hard time reading the signs of if someone's interested in her. And But she's also, you know, she grows up in a very traditional dwarven family. She has to be a minor. But she's discovered movies and wizard movie magic and the beautiful elf Aramis she's in love with him <laughs> which is of course forbidden because dwarves and elves and it turns out there's more to that family history than necessarily meets the, the eye so that there's actually more of a, a, a legitimate reason for her father to hate all movies and Aramis and elves in particular because they kind of destroyed her family when she was a little little dwarfling <laughs> Well, that sounds super fun. Um, so where can they find, where can people find them? They can find them on Amazon. They can find them on my website at sherrypeters.com. That's Sherry spelt like the drink. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, any book, uh, Barnes & Noble online, online. They can definitely find them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so one more question for you. Yes. Um, random piece of advice for a newbie writer out there. Could be business or craft. Just start. Yep. Just start. Um, so I'm also a writing coach, and um, the best advice that I give is just start. One word, one sentence, one paragraph at a time. does not have to be perfect. Um, first drafts are never perfect. They're supposed to be a big pile of garbage, and it is perfect in that form. Because you can't form a beautiful masterpiece out of if you don't have that lump of clay. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. All right, Thanks. Sherry, it's been super nice to meet you. Yeah, and it's nice been, to meet you uh, too. Thank you very much. Wonderful hanging out with you at World Fantasy. Yeah, you too. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on some time for your own episode. Yeah? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, so I am in the what's called the Dragon Den at World Fantasy, which is just like a big open area full of tables they set up. And I was just trying to knock out a few like little quick interview things. And so I've been telling them as they've got up, like, go bring me the next victim. And they just sent me somebody I actually haven't met before, so um, ever at all, not even. So hi, I'm Phil. Hi, I'm Erin. Hi, Erin. Erin S. Bales is my name. That's what right. I publish under. Okay, tell us tell us about your books and stuff. Um, so far, I only have the first book in my epic fantasy 
series, which is okay. going to be a five-book series. Um, the name of the series is The Final Queen of Umbratos. Um, and the first one is called In Blood and Duty Bound. And um, the way that I usually um, describe it to people is it's kind of like a Game of Thrones, but with more women and no raping. <laughs> Uh, so better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Very cool. So how long have you been writing? Um, well, I mean, I've definitely been writing my whole life. But yeah. um, I, when I turned um, 30, I kind of was writing for me, writing a book anyway, was a dream that as long as I hadn't really tried it, I hadn't failed at it. So, mm -hmm. but... I got to be 30, 35, and I was like, you know what, I need to just, just do, do it. this and make yeah. it happen. And so I actually ended up um, applying to an MFA program. Um, it's, at, it's MFA at Seton Hill University. It's writing popular fiction, and um, that helped me. The book I published actually was my thesis. I mean, oh, that's cool. a version of my thesis. I rewrote the book. It's the first sure. book that I wrote, but I always couch that and say, you know, I rewrote it about 12 times. So. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, has this, how many uh, do you always come to World Fantasy? Or is first one? Um, like? This is probably my fourth one. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Before the pandemic, I was really it was starting to become like a you know one of my cons that I always go to because I love it. It's just it's so small here and yeah. um, everyone's so accessible and you get a chance to talk to everyone. But yeah, I was in Columbus, DC, and Baltimore. So okay. this is my fourth one actually. Oh, nice. This is our second. We did New Orleans last year, so. Oh, I wanted to go to that one. It's just health issues. Like, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. It was really good. I, but we, we, but that, that was the thing, right? It was like the community vibe for authors at New Orleans, and we we're like, we're in love with this convention. We have to go every year, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. and that's it. It's, it's, it's just it's such a great place for really anyone in the industry to really kind of sit down and just make connections and. Oh, like in a very non-structured kind of like yeah I mean like literally you could just be like I'm randomly going to interview people for a podcast and a total stranger could end up in the hot seat right <laughs> exactly <laughs> just that kind of con yeah everyone's so friendly and just looking to meet new people all yeah. the time and yeah so that's one of the things I definitely love about it is I and I always have to kind of get myself ready for it because I know that world fantasy is just going to be non-stop talking and meeting new people and all yeah that. my throat's sore at this point like I just Last night I was laughing so hard I think it literally like made my throat sore. Yeah, usually by the end of the weekend my voice is pretty like it's much gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's toasted. In fact, I should have been doing these like on the first day instead of the last day, right? <laughs> yeah, but now you get like the the nice low smoky, you know, kind of like growly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fun. Um, so, um, well, tell me something else about you because I've never met you before in my oh, life. Oh yeah. Um, well, I come from Chicago. Okay. Cool. I live in the Chicagoland area. It's a suburb of Chicago, um, Palatine. Um, but uh, I've lived there pretty much all my life. I'm a third-generation Cubs fan. I don't know why that popped into my brain. Oh. Um, it's fine. That's what that's what podcasts are for. Random yeah. random thoughts that pop into our brains. Um, and yeah, I have one sister. Um, I had three step siblings. Now they are back step siblings. Um, I have like. 16 nephlets that I love the bejesus out of. That's, oh, wow. the, that's the actual correct term for nephews and nieces. Is it? Nephlets? I'm using that. I'm going to use that from now on. Okay, nephlets. Yeah, yeah I dig that's, it. It's in Merriam-Webster. I actually looked it really? up at one point because I was really sick of saying nieces and nephews all the time. I dig so, it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I love weird words. We were actually talking before um, because 
my bio in my book, I don't like writing ones about myself. Mm-hmm. I just bragging on myself is weird. So I, it's very super weird. I wish I had it for you to read right now. But um, and it was the word comestibles. And so <laughs> my roommate was like, "What is a comestible?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it's like, well, it's just food stuffs, like edible items. And then I was talking about tracklements. Mm-hmm. Which is a term for savory condiments. Weird. I didn't know they, they had a word for that. Savory condiments, particularly savory condiments that go on meat. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't even know what that would be like. Like, like a mustard. Like mustard. Type thing, yeah. Or like a chutney, maybe. Okay. Somewhere along huh. there. So, tracklements. I would have, yeah, I would have never, if you had not randomly come over here just now, I would have never known that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right. Well, where can people find you and learn more Um, about you and stuff? Pretty much all of my socials are at Aaron S. Bales, um, and it's spelled like hay bales. Um, Nice. uh, And yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram and I've been getting more involved with TikTok and stuff like that. So that's pretty much, that's probably the best place to find me at Cool. Well, thanks for coming and sitting down to talk to me. Thank you so much. This is great. (laughs) All right. So Friday morning, you may be surprised to learn that uh, we got up and went to get JH coffee. (laughs) By that point, though, the Dragon Den, they were serving free coffee for um, convention goers in the morning. So... I had a free coffee, and when we went up there, so, like, there was a Starbucks in the lobby, and so that's where we were getting JH's fancy coffee every morning, and then I was like, well, let me, I'm gonna go up and get a free coffee, so then we went up the stairs, or the escalator, or whatever, and, uh, got a free coffee, and, um, while we were doing that, um, a friend we'd made, Letty Prell, uh, was standing there, so we started talking to her, and uh, as we were talking to her, Lucy and Diver um, came up and joined our conversation. And um, we talked for a few minutes, and Letty or Lucy and one of the other was like, "Oh, I'm I gotta cut, I gotta cut and run. I gotta go to um, I'm going to Louisa Morgan's uh, coffee clutch." And then whichever one of them said it first, the other was like, "Oh yeah, we're I'm doing that too." And then they both kind of turned and looked at us, and were like, "Are you coming to?" <laughs> The coffee clutch, and we were like, yeah, sure, what the heck, you know? Which I think maybe you're supposed to actually sign up for those, I heard, we heard after the fact. Mm-hmm. Well, we crashed Louisa Morgan's coffee clutch, um, which I don't regret because it was super fun, and she was talked about her new book, and um, we got to meet her and stuff. And um, some point during the conversation, so Lucian is actually a literary agent, and at some point in the conversation, something came up about that. And so she was very politely like, well, I don't want to take away from the coffee clutch, but, you know, any of you guys who, you know, have agent questions, you're welcome. I'll, I'll sit down with you afterwards and um, answer any of your questions. And um, mm-hmm. since JH and I aren't complete fools, we were like, uh, yes, please. So <laughs> after the coffee clutch, um, we went downstairs with her and Letty and she uh, talked with us for a little while longer. And, uh, gave us some tips and things and that was really really cool it was really very sweet of her too because like she totally didn't have to do that right so that was uh that was yeah i enjoyed that yeah it was pretty neat 
for sure. Um, some point we mostly like the whole weekend is kind of a blur because we just kind of move from like conversation to conversation, to be honest, a lot of the time. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like we're going to do it any amount of proper justice because it really was absolutely amazing. And, you know, I think at most conventions, because we're both introverts at heart, I mean, it's a little bit more obvious for JH than it is for me, but we are both actually introverts and occasionally we need to hide in our room to kind of reset. We didn't really do that at World Fantasy. We just kept moving. I mean, we pop up there occasionally for a minute, but really, like, we just kept talking to people and stuff. So, um, uh, so I guess Friday we ended up in the con suite, right? Uh, so the con suite, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. Have we ever talked about con suites before? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, right, it's probably so, a good refresher if, just in case we haven't. Yeah, and I actually don't remember all the verbiage and all the names, but... Most conventions that we get, most of science fiction and fantasy conventions, literary conventions that we go to, there will be what is either called the green room or the con suite. And I think the green room, if it's using that language, it might be for guest and staff only. Um, but in the case of like world fantasy, they do an actual what they call the con suite. And that is open to anyone who is an attending member of the convention. And basically what it is, is they will have food in there all day long. So breakfast time, they'll have breakfast foods, lunch time, they'll have lunch foods, and then they'll do dinner as well. Um, so basically you can just go in there at any point and get a free drink, free food. It's a really, really nice benefit. Mm-hmm. So I think we rolled in there for lunch on Friday and we ended up hanging out in there for like a couple hours, right? I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, we ran into Tracy S. Morris, who was our very first guest ever on the podcast, was in yeah. there. Um, gosh, I don't even remember who else was in there. Um, oh, my God. Lucy and Diver told, told the funniest story. I don't know if we can repeat it, though. Yeah, I'd probably say don't just in case. But, yeah, it was hysterical. Yeah, uh, she was hilarious. Um, I guess we met uh, Paula in there for the first time, probably. That sounds right. Yeah. And then, um, oh, geez, I can't remember. Uh, there was another really funny story that involved Nick Offerman that I also, for the sake of the person who told the story, I'm not going to repeat. But mm-hmm. I heard so many funny stories that I want to tell on the podcast so bad. <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell all these stories. Uh, I'm going to start making people give me a disclaimer. Can I say that on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hunt down each one of them and be like, I need you to come on the podcast and tell me the funniest story you told me at World Fantasy. Yep. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I guess uh, Adam Troy Castro came in there for a while. That was fun. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just so many people like piled into this little living room suite at this con suite. And we were just in there just being goofy for a while um i guess after that we just wandered downstairs for a while yeah so phil's kind of gone over this a bit we did a lot of kind of wandering back and forth where we you know go downstairs see who's in the lobby who's in the dragon's den um dealer's room and sneak back up to our rooms every now and then for you know either drinks or a snack or whatever maybe stop at the con suite see what they had going on who was in there 
So yeah, as it was a lot of that kind of wandering back and forth. So that also didn't help with the days running together because that was pretty much every day. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I know that evening was when we went, we joined a big group. I put a picture of it on my Facebook. Uh, a whole bunch of us walked down the street together to a, a bar called Afterward Tavern. And what was cool about that is it was a bar in downtown Kansas City, but it had a literary theme. So they actually had a big shelf of books for sale in the bar. And then um, they had like... I don't know, like paintings of different authors and things all over the walls and stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I like that place. Pretty neat. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And then we got back in time for the mass autograph session, I believe, is mm -hmm. where we went next. So yes. that's a neat thing they do at uh, World Fantasy that we never really, I don't think we've ever seen it anywhere else we've been. Uh, I don't think so. So what they do is at every World Fantasy one night, they will, um, maybe it's always Friday night. I don't know. We've only been to two of them. But uh, they will take like the main convention room, like the biggest room that's available to the con, and they'll clear out all the chairs and they will set up tables. And basically any author who's, at the convention can sign up to be in there to sign autographs for anybody who wants to come and get their autograph. Uh, one of the other cool things that world fantasy does is they do a, uh, what do they call it? The book bag? They just call it book bags. Yeah. Just the book bags. Um, which essentially is like part of your registration. When you go to registration um, and get signed in or whatever you can, they'll basically hand you a duffel bag that's full of books. So have like 10 different novels in it from different people who are at the convention. And so, but it's all like a mix match. Like, so not everybody's getting the exact same bags. So you don't know, it's like a grab bag. You don't know what's going to be in your bag, but all the authors will be there. So a lot of people will take the book bags, go to the mass autograph sessions and kind of move around the room and meet different authors. Maybe they've never even heard of and get their autograph on their books and stuff. I think it's just really cool that they do that um did you mention the trade table uh no i didn't okay and I, I mentioned that because it's connected to the book bag so you have um obviously your bag of books that you receive it's just kind of like a goodie bag and you don't know what books are going to be in your bag until you grab it and open it um, but let's say you get something that you, you know, just doesn't sound interesting to you, or maybe you already have a copy. They have a trade table and anyone can leave things on the trade table. I've had people leaving like bookmarks and business cards and little flyers and whatnot, but you can also leave books there and trade for new books. So like you, if you have a book you didn't want from your bag, you can leave it and then see if someone else left something that you do want. And so you like get people every day checking the trade table and, you know, picking up things they didn't already have. Yeah. It's, it's a fun thing they add in. And so then, yeah, same thing, right? So if you swapped out or whatever, you can go to the mass autographs signing. And I mean, what, well, there's probably what, like a hundred people sitting at tables signing autographs in there. Yeah. Yeah. They were a good number. I never sign up for it because I like to just move around the room and meet people. So like I, I use the mass autograph session as a, as an opportunity to just like 
go approach people I don't know and just start talking to them. Like um, I met a, a cool author named David Hopkins that way and another one named uh, Tim W. Burke that way uh, and a few other people. Um, and previous, so here's a fun thing for podcast listeners, right? So um, if you guys are, if you were listening back to some of our earlier episodes, we did an episode with uh, both Gerald Brandt and Brian Thomas Schmidt on at the same time. And uh, they got seated at the same table together during the mass autograph session. And I managed to get both of them to flip me off at the same time, which was pretty epic. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> Uh, I guess the other cool thing about the mass autograph session is while they're doing that outside of like right outside the room, they'll set up some kind of like dessert buffet. So you can go out and mm -hmm. get like cakes and, and whatever. So like this time it was, uh, they had like some little, I don't know, like brownies and uh, I don't even remember to be honest. Little with tarts you. and mousse. Yeah. A little jar of mousse. Um Yeah. Last year, they had I, some uh, savory things as well, like these little, um, they were like in the, the shape of a little triangle, but it was like a pastry with like savory filling. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't try any of those, but they looked really good. I didn't either. Was last year when they were doing that was when they get in New Orleans, they gave us the banana foster, right? Yep. That shiz was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um... But anyways, yeah, so it's a super fun thing. Like, everybody participates, right? Like, so like, that's a piece of part of the con. Like, I don't think anyone misses it. Like, everyone shows up to the mass autograph se session because they're either sitting at a table signing or they're roaming around like us and saying hi to everyone and meeting new people and, um, you know, stopping by people's tables and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I was just trying to think, like, who all we talked to in there. It's, it's too many. Like, I, there's no way I could even remember yeah. everyone. Right. There are a ton of people. Oh, I think, was that where we first started talking to David Stokes? Uh, no. No, it was the night before, wasn't it? I think, yeah, I think we had encountered him before. Um, yeah, I think he was sitting with us. Where did at the, we first talk to him? I think he was in the Dragon Den with us the, the evening before. I th I think so, too. But he's a really cool guy. He, probably at the con suite as well. Oh, yeah, I maybe think. so. Yeah, he's a really nice guy, really cool. He runs a small press, um, but he lives in Scotland. And uh, mm. since uh, Worldcon is going to Scotland next year, he was rocking his kilt at the mass autograph signing. So yes. I was joking with him, like, are you going to show some leg to try to sell some books? And he hiked his leg up on the table and, like, showed his knee off or whatever. It was funny. He's a good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess that might have been where, we, where I met Gustavo as well. Yes. Yeah. So Gustavo was one of um, David's authors. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, published by David's publishing house. So they'd had like a little um, name tag, like tent and it had um, David's name on it, but there wasn't one for Gustavo. So under his name, David had written Gustavo's name with an arrow pointing at him. And it said something like a real author, Yeah, the actual author or something like that. An actual author. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I always get a kick out of the mass autograph signing, and I'll just bounce around the room like a kid in a candy store and make people talk to me. They're kind of trapped, right? They can't get away from me, so it's a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Uh, or I'll go stand, like if I see a friend and nobody's standing in front of their table, I'll go stand in front of their table and fondle their book so it looks like somebody's... <laughs> 
somebody's uh, real interested in what they got going on, you know? So. Um, and I guess after that, we ended up in the Dragon's Den again. Oh, that's the night. <laughs> Imagine we... that. <laughs> so that was the night that our table got a little rowdy. Um, and since you said you wanted to, I'll let you tell this story in your own words. Oh, uh, are we talking about um, the 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 older visitor we received? Yes. Okay. So we were in the middle of a conversation and suddenly um, one of the convention like hospitality coordinators comes up with this older lady and introduces her and the older lady just jumps in and it was quickly apparent that she'd had a, a bit to drink. She was and... drunk. She was granny wasted. <laughs> granny wasted. She was real drunk. And that's only important for the end of the story. So um, she had everyone go around the table and introduce themselves. So the whole point of it was apparently she'd complained that she didn't want to come again. And the house hospitality coordinator is like, well, why not? And she said, well, there are no sci-fi writers here. It's all fantasy <laughs> authors. And so the hospitality coordinator is like, well, there's a whole table of sci-fi writers over here. I'll introduce you. So that was why, you know, they came over and she had everyone go around the table introducing themselves and talking about what type of books they write. And um, Phil had gotten up to go to the bathroom, I think, and came back at the very end. Everyone else had already gone. So he was the only one remaining. So then he had um, her full attention there at the end. <laughs> and um, so I was between the two of them. So I was pulled into the conversation as well. And she started telling us about um, Wait, how did she, what did she this do with train trip. Oh, so he introduced himself as obviously Philip. And she called him Phyllis. And so that was his name. Every day thereafter, he was Phyllis. And Wait, <laughs> she started telling us about this. Um, even before you tell the story, like everyone was calling me Phyllis. At one point, JH mm -hmm. and one of our friends, we were getting ready to go up the escalator to the trade table. And like I stepped onto the escalator and they decided they didn't want to go up there. And so I was like, really? And so I just <laughs> rode the escalator to the top. And when I got to the very top, one of our friends walked by and went, Hey Phyllis. And then I just turned and went right yeah. back down the escalator. I was like, well, that trip was just so that somebody could call me Phyllis again. <laughs> so in our defense, it wasn't that we just suddenly decided we didn't want to, I was going to go leave a book on the trade table and um, our companion decided they wanted the book instead oh so that's right it was I tracy yeah, it that's right. so then there was no need yet yeah, and there was no need to go up there <laughs> at that point <laughs> but phil had already gotten on the escalator so yeah anyway so back to the story so she started telling us about um this train trip she was going to take that basically goes all over the country and she was very upset because she there wasn't a train trip um, from where she lived I think it was Santa Fe and she wanted to go like to like the Denver Colorado Springs somewhere in Colorado area and there wasn't a train from between those two destinations and she was upset about that so then she leaned forward and pointed at Phil and said when you run for state representative you fix that and I said yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> so absurd it was, it was so random like, when you run for state representative you fix that 
okay. Yeah. I got the impression that at that point, the alcohol had kicked in a little more and she'd forgotten for a minute that she was talking to authors. <laughs> I think she thought um, maybe you were someone else. I don't know. I don't know. What's funny though, okay, so this is so funny because uh, I ran into her the next day and she stopped me for a completely different reason and I don't think she remembered me at all. <laughs> Which I was honestly just impressed that she was even awake, so kudos to her. And I guess um, that was that was Friday. Uh, and I guess at some point we have to split this episode in the middle and that might've been it. Or you might be hearing this as the beginning segment for the second part of this ginormous episode. I don't know. Your your face was so serious. (laughs) It threw me off. All right, we're live. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name is uh, Joshua Palmatier. I write uh, epic fantasy. I have uh, three trilogies out, uh, came out through Daw Books. Um, the Throne of Amoncore series was the first one. Uh, then there was the uh, Well series, and then the Lay series. Uh, and I have a new uh, trilogy that should be out next year uh, called the Crystal Cities trilogy. Um, I'll be releasing that one myself through the small press that I set up uh, a while ago. Um, the small press is called uh, Zombies Need Brains. Best name for your press. <laughs> I wanted I wanted something that was. Si- Easily recognizable as sci-fi fantasy and at the same time sounded fun. Yeah, and something people won't forget. Yes. Yes, hopefully they don't forget. (laughs) Um, But we specialize mostly in uh, themed anthologies, um, and we do open calls for most of our anthologies. uh, And uh, we run them, uh, fund them through Kickstarters, and uh, we've been fairly successful at it. I think we've got like 29 anthologies out there so far. Oh, wow. Um, so I only use it uh, occasionally for like one of my own books. Uh, we haven't gotten into novels really yet, but we like to go there at some point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and this year we tried something a little different with one of the anthologies. We, uh, tried a, a shared world anthology. So the, the plan is, it's already funded and everything. The plan is to, the seven authors are going to set up the world for the shared world in this anthology. And then hopefully next year... When we do our next Kickstarter, uh, we'll um, open it up and, and let other people play in this uh, this new world yeah. uh, that we're setting up. Um, and then recently, uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, uh, we started up um, a little online magazine. Uh, we're running it through Patreon. So if you're on uh, Patreon, then just check out Zombies Knee Brains there. And... Um, and uh, the, the magazine's called uh, ZNB Presents, and right at the moment we're just doing uh, two original sci-fi fantasy stories a month. Uh, each one comes with an illustration, and at the end of the year we compile it all together into, into one anthology of 24 stories. So, um, nice. So that's me and my stuff in my small press. Very cool. Do you have <laughs> any open calls out right now? We have two open calls going on right now, um, uh, two of the anthologies we kick-started. Uh, one of them is called uh, Last Ditch, which is uh, supposed to be a military sci-fi and fantasy anthology uh, where the stories kind of center on spies and espionage. And, okay, like, that's fun. Yeah, la- yeah. last-ditch efforts to save the world kind of thing. Okay, gotcha. That's um, fun. That's why we call it Last Ditch. And then uh, the other anthology is uh, called Familiars, and Familiars uh, kind of explains itself basically short yeah. story <laughs> short stories about familiars that's, that's, that's funny all it 
really is. Yeah, I know there was uh, uh, someone else recently had an open call for familiars. So um, if anyone's listening and submitted to that anthology and didn't make it in, send go submit for this one, right? Yes, exactly. That's, that's what uh, you do, right? That's what the open call is for. Exactly. <laughs> we uh, we uh, uh, get usually quite a few submissions, and we don't have a ton of slots, but uh, you can't, can't actually get into the anthology unless you send it in. So That is true. That is true. And we want to have, have Joshua come on and talk about um, doing Kickstarters because that's something JH and I know nothing about, so we'll get you on at some point to talk about that. Um, I've run a few. Just yeah, a few, a just a few, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> but he does not run. I'm going to tell you what Joshua does not run successfully, apparently. I've, I've heard today that you uh, you struggle with scheduling cookie deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I blame that on, you know, lack of sleep over the last uh, few days at this con- uh, convention. Um, I attempted to order some insomnia cookies last night and uh, was all excited about it, and they were coming in half an hour, and... and uh, and then I'm watching the little tracking app, and I'm like, it's not moving, it's not changing, it's not moving. And uh, suddenly realized I'd ordered the cookies for 1 p.m. instead of 1 a.m. And uh, so we did not get cookies last night Amazing at 1 a.m. Amazing you survived that mistake with all of the uh, excitement at 1 a.m. last night. Yes, yes. There was certainly a lot going on at 1 a.m. last night. But uh, they're coming in half an hour right now, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> now. All right, so one last one real quick, uh, just randomly off the top of your head, advice for newbie authors, craft or business? Um, well, I would say if, if for, I'll center this on the, sm- the small press and the open calls. Um, if you're going to send in a story to an open call uh, for like an anthology or magazine or something like that, um, especially for themed anthologies, my advice would be don't go to your trunk and pull a story out and send that in. My, my advice is write something totally brand new. Yeah. Um, because typically reading stories, I can almost always tell when it's a trunk story. Yeah. Or it was a story that you wrote five years ago for this other anthology, and, mm-hmm. and now you're just kind of sending that in. It, it's always better. There's some, some kind of weird change in the language over those five years that yeah. you can pick up on and stuff. So, uh, so my suggestion is just write something new, something you think really fits the theme. Actually, you know what? I think that is somewhat contrary to normally, normally what you sort of hear, but I agree with you, actually. I, uh, I think the same thing. Like, if I write, if I want to aim at a specific anthology, if I see it and I'm like, that looks really cool, I'm going to write something specifically for that yeah. instead of trying to pull an old story. Um, I think... I mean, I know we want to make, we want to leverage all of our work to its full potential, but to your point, I think if you can aim something at the anthology specifically, you're probably more likely to get in. Yes. And those older stories, I mean, one, like how much time did you really invest in them? And secondly, someday just put a collection together or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like I said, it's somehow the language reads old. Yeah. And that comes through on, when the editor is reading. So, so you know, like for the zombies anthologies, you're allowed to submit a maximum of three stories per anthology. So if you have an old story, you know, and send it in as one of the three, uh, but don't just stop there. Yeah. Sit, sit down and say, okay, I've got two other slots. Let's try something new for at least one of them. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me, I think. Yeah. You can't do that with all open calls because sure. sometimes they limit you to one. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will let you go get your cookies. I want to get my cookies. <laughs> I'm craving them for at least 12 hours now. 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Joshua. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, now we're live. You would think, having done however many episodes we've done at this point, I would know how my equipment works, but yeah. I do not. So here we are, though. It's working now. Introduce yourself. All right. Um, <laughs> I am Evan Braun, and uh, I work on you know, medium hard science fiction. Okay. Yeah. What is. Um, how do you define that medium hard science fiction? Because I think uh, it, I think people have a pretty clear picture of hard science fiction. But what do you call medium? Uh, medium is what you do when you aspire to hard, but feel like you haven't quite gotten all the way up there yet. Okay, <laughs> so like you're trying to keep the science legit, but maybe there comes a point where like maybe it's over your head and you don't yeah. really have a way to dig it out. Uh, yeah, I I love to read about science. I'm not a science scientist. Mm-hmm. I have some I have some you know consultant friends who I run things by, but they're almost always comes. Uh, a part in the developmental process where my story is sort of desperate to go against the laws of physics in some very clear way that my, <laughs> that my readers are uh, get a little angsty about, and I generally just go with my instincts. So I, I respect the science deeply, mm-hmm. but at some point in time, um, I don't let it completely dictate where I'm going. Yeah, yeah that's a really, um, I think that's a really hard line you have to walk for that, because I know, like, um, well, I don't. I always say things in the podcast I probably shouldn't, so it's fine. Say it. Um, I feel like the hard science fiction fan community is yeah. way more vicious than's probably necessary about like their hard science. So, um, yeah, I can imagine that's kind of tough to walk that line and figure out, you know, because at some point, it story has to override science, right? Yeah. Ultimately, that's what you're doing. You're you're a story crafter, so you have to craft the story you want to tell and you can't necessarily stay to hard science to make that work sometimes. Um, I mean, I, th- I feel like uh, it kind of goes a little bit beyond what, like, you make a really good point about, you know, hard science readers, but in almost any area of, spe- the people specialize in, in almost any area, so, like, you may be writing a fight scene, and there's, like, one out of, like, a thousand, one of your readers just has, like, a huge amount of, you know, expertise, yeah. knowledge, and, you know, this particular sort of, like, samurai sword or something, yeah. and they'll be like, ah, and they did it wrong. <laughs> so, you know, you're always going to have a reader who knows more than you, unfortunately. Yeah. So you just have to, you just have to dig into your own expertise and instincts as hard as you can, and just trust that your audience is there, and they're not going to be in the mood to tear you apart, because they're having fun, hopefully. Yeah, right, yeah. right. One of the best pieces of advice I think I ever got um, from one of my publishers very early on, she was going through one of my books and she was like, I think I'd put you know some, some, some measure of date or time in there or something. And so when we were going through the edits, she was like, listen, um, where you can help it, don't put dates and times. Mm-hmm. The, uh, she, as she put it, she said, the geek boys are going to tear your stuff apart enough without you giving them ammo. Yeah. There's always going to be one. And if you use dates and times and exact hours and exact measurements and precise, you know, this happened 10 feet away or whatever, you're just giving them something to pick at. So don't make it easy for them. Uh, it, it's funny <laughs> you mentioned that. So I, I'm really good friends with another writer here, um, Gerald Brandt. And he, oh, no. And we when, don't. We don't talk about Gerald Brandt. Gerald Brandt is uh, <laughs> not a friend of the pod. Uh, in, in his in his uh, his first trilogy, The Courier, he had he had he committed real hard in the beginning of the book to putting date stamps and timestamps at the beginning of every single okay. chapter, which is not which is not uncommon. 
but when he got to the end of that trilogy, he just laughed at me and he says, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Because just keeping track of it was mm-hmm. very hard and he got to the end of it maybe not feeling entirely secure that he hadn't made a mistake, <laughs> a little math mistake at some point along the way because it's very, it's very tricky to keep those things. Oh, yeah, to on. keep it all lined up. I mean, yeah. it's hard enough to keep a novel lined up, right? Like, yeah. When you're talking about a 100,000-word piece of work, there's so many characters and things that you maybe didn't think about initially that pop in and like all of a sudden you're like oh my god how am I keeping up with all of this you yeah. know yeah so. no it's hard to keep it all straight in your head that's for sure well I uh that's impressive that you you uh walk that line between the hard science fiction that way and then have to make that I would so me I'm just like I mean I'm gonna just stay in the science fantasy space opera space when I'm doing my what I would call sci-fi stuff just because I just want to set that precedent out the gate. So yeah. kudos to you for taking it to that next level, but also not being willing to sacrifice your story. I think that's cool. Well, an- another way around it is lately um, I've gotten very, very interested in telling stories in the far, far distant future. Think like um, like hundreds of millions of years. Okay. And so like my latest book takes place on like this far, far future Earth and... Um, People can't argue with you about. There's so much of that is speculative. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that you know they can't like. There's not a lot of people who are super experts in what the Earth is like. You know, 250 million years in the future, so you can kind of get away with some shit. Yeah, come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's workarounds. That's fun. Yeah. I, I dig it. All right, where can uh, where can people find your stuff? Um, so I have um, I have like kind of a supernatural trilogy that was published about 10 years ago um, and that can be found on Amazon and sort of anywhere where books can be uh, can be purchased um, yeah so that the first book in that series is called the book of creation um, I haven't had anything published since then okay. just keeping very very busy but that's what these cons are for man that's right absolutely yeah all right cool um, have you what have you thought of world fantasy uh, world Fantasy is great. I've been I've made it a point to come to World Fantasy in particular every year. I missed last year's in New Orleans, but besides that, I think I'd hit up five or six in a row. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was our first one last year, and it was like, oh, we're in love. We got to go every year. Yeah. yeah, it's a good con. It's a good professional con. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of networking opportunities. The other thing is that when you're going to a con for the first time, it can be a really intimidating experience. It's just right. So many unfamiliar faces, but when you go to the same con year after year, and there's a lot of people who follow the follow certain con schedules, mm-hmm. you know, you find yourself after a while, you walk into a room, and there's there's just guaranteed to be a couple of faces there you recognize that you can gravitate to, and eventually it just becomes a much more comfortable experience. Yeah, just uh, don't be weird. That's all, right? Yeah, don't be weird. Or so, jerk. Be so, a little weird, but not a jerk. <laughs> but not a jerk. Yeah, that's Speaking it. Speaking really. of tricky lines to to walk yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those tricky lines of of being a little weird but not too weird and definitely not a jerk yeah um all right super quick advice for a newbie can be crafter business um crafter business uh, i mean it's just it's really common advice and i'm sure people just tell just say this all the time but you just got to write it down because you can't fix something that doesn't exist yep um, i nothing wrong with giving that advice over and over right I, like I, I work, um, I'm, very, I'm very busy as a copy and developmental ed- editor. And you just got to get to that stage where you've got something to submit. You've got something to talk about. You've got something that's written down. Yep. And it isn't just in your head. There's nothing wrong about talking about things that are just in your head. 
but at some point you just got to make it real whether or not you're totally satisfied with it or not just doesn't just does not matter do you know he's thinking about this this weekend actually and I think um, I was thinking about how I would add another layer to that yeah and the other layer is because um, I see this a lot I think um, if you're starting out and you are just writing your first book or you've just finished your first book don't be so precious about that first book. Yeah. You know? And, and I think, I think I would even tell somebody who hasn't started one, like whatever your ideas for your big masterpiece you're imagining, write like five other books before you even start. I think that's tremendous advice. Um, I definitely have one of those books. I, I started, you know, at the end of high school. And then by the time I was 30, I was still working on it. And I, I think back to that era of my life and how many books I could have written it's not like I didn't have other ideas that were cropping up, but I just found myself just so fixated on that one thing mm-hmm. and wanting to perfect it. But I mean, now it's been 20 years and that I still have a draft of that thing. It's not bad, but it's still not perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more proud of the other stuff that I've worked on since. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I, mean, I did. I actually, the, I wrote the book I always wanted to write and then... Um, it's not as good, as I think, as it ever could have been. I actually rewrote it. Um, yeah. I made the foolish mistake of self-publishing it real quick, and then um, I uh, later went back and rewrote it, so it's better now. But, um, yeah, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, very good advice. All right, well, appreciate you stopping in. And um, I don't know, the listeners will have to tell me. Maybe we'll just be like, hey, let's do a full one. All right, cool. We'll do a full one. I don't care what the readers think. We'll, or the readers, the <laughs> listeners. I don't care what the <laughs> listeners think. We'll get you on for your, your own full episode. Right. Thanks, Bill. All right, thanks, man. All right.